Hey, I'm Catherine from Life House in Tokyo, and wherever you are watching us from, we are so excited that you could join us online today. We are in week four of our series called the Be Happy Attitudes, where we're taking a look at amazing message, a revolutionary message that Jesus preached, known to many as the Beatitudes. And don't worry if you've missed out on any of the previous weeks, you can catch it on our YouTube channel, watch it on demand. It's been a great series. So Jesus is preaching to a big crowd that has gathered on a mountain, and He is telling them what it truly means to live a blessed life. Don't you want to live a blessed life? I know I want to live a blessed life. So I know that there's something in Jesus' teaching that can be a blessing to us all. And Jesus is saying to this crowd, when you have this attitude in your life, you will receive a supernatural empowerment in this area of your life. This is what a blessed life looks like. And the word blessed here that he is talking about is the Greek word makarios. And this word was used by the Greeks. People knew this language. It was uh, the Greeks way of talking about the gods, the Greek gods. The Greek gods were makarios. They would live in this cloud far removed from the poor people on earth, from the pain and the suffering. They would live in like luxury, enjoying all the benefits of the good life. They were makarios. They were blessed. And also it was a term used to refer to the rich or elite people in society. So Jesus turns this completely over on its head. He is saying, this is what the world thinks is a blessed life. But I want to tell you that this is actually what a blessed life looks like. And you know what's so significant about this is he's preaching to ordinary men and women sitting, gathering around on this crowd, not to royal people, not to God, just ordinary people like you and me. We can experience this amazing blessed life. So let's allow God to expand, enlarge, and stretch our attitudes so that we can walk in the God-empowered promises that expands our lives. So this week's Beatitude, we're taking a look at Matthew 5, verse 5. It says, blessed are the meek, for they will inherit the earth. Or another translation, it says, blessed are the gentle, for they will inherit the earth. So Jesus is saying, when you are gentle, when you are meek, you'll be supernaturally empowered in your life to inherit the earth. That's speaking of an advancement, winning in life, influence, impact. And when you think of the word meek or gentleness, I guess you don't really relate that to influence and impact and being a winner in life because I think we have this image of meekness being weakness and somebody who is like frail and uh, wimpy and powerless. But this is actually not the meaning of meekness. Meekness is not weak weakness. In the original Greek, uh, this word meekness is talking about strength under control. So somebody has the strength, they they do have the strength, but they have the restraint and the control. It's strength under control. And the same word was used in the Greek to talk about a wild horse or a stallion that had been tamed, but their spirit was not broken. So this horse was still lively, vigorous and energetic, but under the, the control of a good master, they, 
they are useful. They are more in control. It's all the strength bottled up for the master's use. Just think about it. A horse, it can do so many things, but if it's, that energy isn't harnessed under control, it doesn't have as much purposefulness or usefulness. So this is such a powerful illustration of what meekness looks like. And so today I want to take a look at the story of John and James. They are nicknamed the Sons of Thunder. These two guys are like wild, crazy stallions. And Jesus actually gave them this nickname, the Sons of Thunder, because they had a reputation for their words, for their tempers, their impulsive emotions. They were the guys that would just say things without thinking them through. They didn't, it didn't matter who they were hurting. Uh, they were thinking about themselves. They just, you know, you never knew what they were going to say or do. They were the Sons of thunder. In fact, they were the opposite of what we would say is meek. They were opposite of strength under control. But I love their journey because we see as they work, walk with Jesus, as they learn from him and they're empowered by his spirit, uh, something supernatural happens in their lives. And so that's why this is such an exciting story for us to look at, because I think uh, that could be our journey too, right? We are all people on a journey who, who, uh, who, who also have problems and issues, but God wants to walk with, with us so that we can live a blessed and prosperous life. So we're going to pick up the story where Jesus is making his way to Jerusalem. And he's traveling together with the disciples and they're preaching the gospel in all the different villages that they're going to. And they're seeing amazing miracles and healings happening. And Jesus would ask the disciples to go ahead of him to find a place where they would go and stay maybe or to gather a group of people where he, where he would be teaching. And at this moment, they were passing through Samaria. And between the Jews and the Samaritans, there is a lot of political conflict and religious tension. They were at war with one another. Um, they, there was always tension between these two groups of people. But they're passing through Samaria. And we pick up the story in Luke 9, starting at 51. It says, Jesus let nothing distract him from departing for Jerusalem because the time for him to be filled, lifted up, drew near. And he was full of passion to complete his mission there. So he sent messages ahead of him as envoys to a village of the Samaritans. But as they approached the village, the people turned them away. They would not allow Jesus to enter for he was on his way to worship in Jerusalem. You see, that was the point of tension between them. They didn't believe in the same uh, place where Jews would worship. So they didn't want to accept Jesus into this village. And Lord, this is what the James and John say. James and John realized what was happening. They turned to Jesus and said, Lord, if you wanted to, you could command fire to fall down from heaven, just as Elijah did, and destroy all of these wicked people. Jesus rebuked them sharply, saying, Don't you realize what spews from your hearts when you say that? The Son of Man did not come to destroy life, but to bring life to the earth. James and John just say something so dramatic. They're like, oh, Jesus, this village won't accept you. You should just destroy their lives. Jesus, he rebukes them. He's actually kind of, I would say, he's so patient when he talks to them. He, but he corrects their response and he says to them, this is not why I've come. I've come to bring life. He's showing them a better way. He's showing them uh, a way that brings blessing. Remember, they're like these wild stallions. They've got all this passion. They have all this zeal. But if we, don't, if we have all this passion, all this strength, all this zeal, but it's not under the control of Jesus, it can be quite destructive. They, were, they wanted destruction. 
Let's pick up the rest of the story of the sons of thunder in Mark 10. James and John, the sons of Zebedee, came over and spoke to Jesus. Teacher, they said, we want you to do us a favor. What is your request? He asked. They replied, when you sit on your glorious throne, we want to sit in a place of honor next to you, one at your right and the other at your left. But Jesus said to them, you don't know what you're asking. You know, James and John even like had their mother come and ask Jesus to give them a special place of honor. That's, that's the extent of these guys, their attitudes and their beliefs. And, you know, the disciples hear this and, you know, it pushes their buttons. They're like, this is, you know, how dare they ask? So let's pick up the rest of the story um, from verse 41 in Mark 10. It says, when the other 10 disciples heard what James and John had asked, they were indignant. So Jesus called them together and said, you know that the rulers of this world lord it over their people and officials flaunt their authority over those under them. But among you, it will be different. Whoever wants to be a leader among you must be your servant. And whoever wants to be the first among you must be the slave of everyone else. For even the Son of Man came not to be served, but to serve others and give his life as a ransom for many." So the disciples, I'm sure they were feeling this way too, and particularly James and John, the sons of thunder, they want a place of honor. They want a place of influence and impact. And Jesus saying, if you want to live this kind of life, what I'm calling you is to serving. If you want to if you want to be great, if you want to be a good leader, you need to serve. That strength under control is serving. And I just love Jesus' example. He's, he, everything that he had, he used it to serve other people. He never used it for his own self-interest or his own self-gain. He did everything that he, everything that he had, he used, and he leveraged it to serve others. That's what meekness, that's what strength under control looks like. And he speaks to them about it. This is, he's like, this is my way. This is the blessed way. Whatever strengths you have, let's leverage for the benefit of others. And so James and John's life, they, it is trans, they are transformed as they walk with Jesus. They, they learn from Jesus. They, they see how Jesus lives his life, his good example. And uh, you know, after Jesus dies and rises again, appears to the disciples and ascends to heaven, they are waiting in the upper room in the book of Acts. We read about it. And they are filled and empowered with the Holy Spirit. And something incredible happens in their life. They become these amazing witnesses on fire for God, the sons of thunder on fire for Jesus to spread this good news about Jesus. And you know, John used to be called the son of thunder, but he actually earns a new nickname. He gets known as the apostle of love. That's how much his life is transformed and, and changed. John goes on to write what we know as the gospel of John, right? The gospel of John that we can read in the Bible. He writes this uh, book. And one of my favorite stories that he writes uh, in this book of John uh, is the story about the Samaritan woman at the well that meets with Jesus. Her life is changed. And then she goes and tells the whole Samaritan village about Jesus. And they all come to follow Jesus. This whole village is transformed by the good news and the power of Jesus. And this is like a really significant story, right, for John himself to be recording because he was the guy who was like, oh, Samaritans 
God, you should destroy the Samaritans. And yet it's him who I just imagine with excitement starts to write this account of Jesus transforming this people in, these people in Samaria. How amazing is that? And in Acts 8.14, we read this account as well. When the apostles in Jerusalem heard that Samaria had accepted the word of God, they sent Peter and John to Samaria. When they arrived, they prayed for the new believers that they might receive the Holy Spirit because the Holy Spirit had not yet come on any of them. They had simply been baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. Then Peter and John placed their hands on them and they received the Holy Spirit. Wow, this is so amazing. John goes from the guy who wants to call down the fire of destruction upon the the Samaritans. He is the one who calls down the fire of the Holy Spirit to come and fill and empower the Samaritans. What an amazing life change, right? This is this is true strength under control, made useful for the master's benefit. It's what an amazing transformation. And James, we know that he is actually one of the first martyrs that is made from the uh, apostles. He's one of the first who King Herod uh, puts him to death by sword. And that just speaks about the kind of life he was living. That's somebody, somebody who's prepared to be persecuted for sharing the good news is somebody who's, whose heart is big and open to love and serve others. He's not looking to their own self-interest or self-preservation, but they're looking for the benefit of others. And he died doing this. And we know that 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 death is not the end, right? They, he, he goes on to be in eternal hope with God in heaven. So this is such an amazing transformation. These wild stallions, James and John, when they submit and surrender their life to Jesus under His good control, we see that they do in fact become those who inherit the earth. They become people of impact and influence. And it's generational, right? We today are still impacted by their lives and what they have done. So what does a life of meekness look like? A life of meekness, I believe, is is choosing to speak words of blessing, speaking words of blessing over people instead of curses or unforgiveness, negativity, gossip. We, We are those who speak life and blessing over all kinds of people everywhere. It's being meek is somebody who has a big heart for people, have a big heart, God's heart for people. We're not looking at other people and thinking, well, we're better than them and they deserve judgment. They deserve this or that. We just have a big, God's expanded big heart for people. Meekness looks like using our power to serve others. It's, it's leveraging all the gifts and the talents, times and res- time and resources that we have to serve people, to bless people. Remember, Jesus said serving is, is real greatness. And I believe meekness looks like placing your hope and your trust in Jesus. Instead of going your own way, thinking your plan and your way is the best, I, I believe it's having this, this confidence and this trust that Jesus, when I put my life in your control, my strength, everything I am in your control, uh, this, is, this is in good hands. My, my future and my hope is securing you. And uh, I can, I've experienced this in, in my life too. I, I've seen God work in my, in my life in this way. I uh, started following Jesus seriously when I was in my third year university. So that's 19 years ago. And uh, I was kind of a wild stallion doing my own thing. I didn't have any purpose or direction, just aimlessly wandering around. And I think I was scared of the master, scared of the heavenly father. I didn't want to be under his control because I thought, 
maybe he was angry at me he was a hard taskmaster but it was amazing for me to discover how good our Heavenly Father is how good Jesus is and uh, under as soon as I gave my life to him surrendering my life to him I have seen blessing come in my life I've seen purpose and direction coming in my life uh, I want to use my life to, to serve his kingdom it's so amazing. I know that uh, you too can experience the same thing. Maybe you have experienced this when you surrender your life to Jesus under His control. Uh, he doesn't break our spirit, remember? He, he wouldn't, he's, not, he's a good master. He would never break your spirit, but He's going to use the, your power and strength for, for His kingdom, eternal purposes. That's what winning and advancement looks like in life. And so I want to take this opportunity to pray for you. Uh, I want to pray for God's blessing on you. Maybe you're listening to this and you're like, yes, I want to be supernaturally empowered in this area of my life. God, would you help shape and form my attitude so that I can see what you see? I want to, I want to walk in this blessing that you have. And if that's you, let's take a moment to pray and ask God. Let's be like those, those stallions who are saying, God, I want to give my life under your control because I, I want to live a life of impact and influence. So God, thank you that you are a good master. When we place our life in your hands, uh, it's in good hands. We want to put all of our strength in your hands because we want to use it to benefit your kingdom, to bless and serve and love people around us. Thank you, Lord, that you empower us by your spirit to live this life. In Jesus' name, amen. You know, Jesus showed us meekness when He went to the cross to die for us. To the world, that looked like weakness. But actually, Jesus dying on the cross was such a position of power. It was such a powerful act. There was nothing weak about it because Jesus gave His life for us. His life wasn't taken from Him, but He gave it for us. And He gave it so that all who believe in Him, all who call on His name, can live free, forgiven, and whole with eternal hope and purpose. And so maybe you're listening to all of this today and you also feel like that, that stallion or kind of wild, you don't have purpose and direction and you want to give your life to Jesus. You want to you want to serve Jesus. You want to live a life of purpose and impact with Jesus. Maybe you also need your hearts to be transformed by Jesus. Now is that time. All it takes is for you to say, Jesus, I'm ready. I believe in you. And you're going to walk on an incredible journey with him. Even if you're coming back to Jesus, Jesus is welcoming you to day. So I'm going to count to three. And when I say uh, one, three, two, one, you're going to say, yes, Jesus, that's me. I want to make that decision today. Are you ready? Three, two, one. If you made that decision, that is so incredible. I love that. God is going to do amazing things with you. God has a great plan for me, for you. I'm so excited. Let's pray this prayer together. Dear Jesus, I believe in you. Thank you for forgiving me. Come into my life and I will follow you. That's all it takes. That simple prayer. Thank you for praying that prayer. I pray that you will continue to live in the blessed life that God has for you. And I can't wait to see you next week as we continue this Be Happy Attitudes series. See you next time.